On today's show, I'm looking forward to Saturday's games, looking at what I am watching. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are looking ahead to Saturday's action, previewing those games. Hi, everyone. Been uh, jumping in saying hello. Previewing those games, looking at what we've got to, uh, got to look forward to and what things I'm going to be paying particular attention to. So let's talk about them right now. The first one of those is the Blazers and the Bulls. The Scotty Pippen Bowl. Gary Trent Jr. Will Gaz get another start? Nice, Gary! Can he shoot well? I uh, don't know. That's really all he provides is hot scoring and hot shooting. And then on those nights that it doesn't work, then there isn't very much else there for Gaza, but he's at least worth having a look at. And then Ennis Cantor, who realistically, the defensive numbers are never going to be awesome. They're never going to be Miles Turner, but they've improved. And he's blocking shots at a higher rate, and he's producing really, really strong value. For the Bulls, without Wendell Carter Jr., Thad Young is one that I want to watch. How much do they go to Young and Markinen as the four and the five? Can Young push to 30 minutes or so? Because if he does, then that obviously impacts his value, and he's probably the guy that I'd prefer over Gafford. Gafford is more of a streamer for blocks, who's really struggled in the starts that he's had in place of Carter. Yeah, getting played off the floor in majority of those. But if he puts it together and plays 25 minutes, he will be a 12-team league guy. I just don't think that he's got that in him just at this point. Next up. The Bucks and the Hornets, the Marvin Williams Bowl. Yanni's free throw percentage. I don't know why I said it like that, free throw. Uh, his free throw percentage, it's been pretty poor for most of the season. It was pretty good on Friday. So let's just have a look because him getting that to mid-70s, getting his steals and blocks back to elite numbers, really pushes him back up because he's not even top 20 player this year. And that is obviously disappointing for where you drafted him. Bob Portis' minutes, um, we saw it again. They were getting challenged by the Pelicans and he barely played. He is... Um, what we in Australia would call a flat track bully who puts up numbers against shit teams. And when it's a good team, he goes missing. And that's just simply what it is. And do you want to deal with that? Oh, I probably don't. The good games can be good, but are they consistent enough? Let's see. Let's see how much he plays. For the Hornets, Devontae Graham, maybe he can shoot over 35%. That's really something for us to pay attention to. But he's been playing at a decent level anyway. Really good defensive numbers. Defensive RPM was one of the top in the league, which was pretty astounding. And his assist numbers have been solid. Um, just that shooting is horrendous. And then Cody Zeller, who's getting a ton of minutes. We saw Bismack Biombo basically pushed out of the rotation on Friday so that Washington and Zeller could play those center minutes. Zeller is showing that maybe he can be a 12-team league guy. Next up, the Rockets and the Pelicans. The Ryan Anderson Bowl. DeMarcus Cousins, he played 11 minutes last game. Now, a couple of those were alongside Christian Wood. But unless he's getting 20-plus, unless we're seeing... Yeah, six to ten minutes of him playing alongside Wood. He's not worth a 12-team league spot. And then Jay Sean Tate, who's been starting. Will he continue to start? But we've seen Daniel House yeah, cut into his playing time. David Nawaba cut into his playing time. Tate is only a deeper league guy, but I do like him. But I just think that his role is dropping a little bit at the moment. <clears throat> For the Pelicans, well, Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe went bananas on uh, Friday, and that really limited what Alexander Walker can do. 
I more just want to watch Alexander Walker because you feel at some point someone's going to get dealt, whether it's Lonzo, Bledsoe, or Reddick, although Reddick didn't even play on Friday for the Pelicans. And Alexander Walker's going to have that opportunity. Now, I think that he will be a must-add guy when that happens, but I'm not as bullish on him as others. I see him more as, say, a Cole Anthony type, a guy who probably gets less assist than Cole and, and higher scoring with better efficiency, but he's not a... Maybe is it maybe Terry Rozier is the best-case scenario for Alexander Walker, which, if that works, then it is pretty good. So maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him. The Pelicans, in, Brandon Ingram's assists is something we want to watch because he gets five assists a game, then he's in you know, top 30. If he gets two a game, then he's like top 70. And that's really, everything else has been relatively consistent from Ingram for most of this season, but it's the assists that have been varying. Next up, it is the Derek Williams Bowl. The Kings in the heat. Tyrus Halliburton, really big game again from him on Friday. Way more minutes than Marvin Bagley. He should be starting over Bagley, in my opinion. He should be playing more minutes than him every night. He basically closes every game anyway. Um, he's always going to be low usage. I think that does overall limit his upside, but his assists and his defensive numbers and his efficiency has been really good. And then let's look at Bagley. Can he do anything? Now, he was piss poor on Friday. Can he do anything? Can he put up one of those empty type double-doubles that he does? which look bright and shiny on the surface for fantasy, but when you dig down, they're honestly not that good. I want to see him push to become a must-roster 12-team league guy. The Miami Heat. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Uh, Tyler Hero returned last game, and I thought he was pretty solid. He has had struggles when he plays alongside uh, Jim Butler. So, you know, if, I don't know, has Butler been ruled out or not? No. Butler is questionable. Actually, Hero has popped up as questionable as well. So whether he plays and how he plays and how he looks, whether it's without Jim or with Jim, is a big question mark to me. <clears throat> and Kendrick Nunn. Because if everyone's back, Bradley, Butler, Hero, if they're all playing, now Dragic is out, but if they're all playing, then where's Nunn's role in the rotation? He's played 30-plus minutes for like seven consecutive games. Been some good ones in there, been some poor ones. But finding enough minutes with the whole bunch of guys back is probably a tough ask. Next game... The Rajon Rondo Bowl, the Lakers and the Celtics. Anthony Davis has been underwhelming at times. Poor free throws. His blocks were down to begin the season. And just hasn't been the guy that we hoped he would be. So I think that's fair enough. And I, I don't think anyone would deny that. He hasn't been terrible. But he hasn't been the guy that we hoped he would be. <clears throat> so let's watch him. Let's see how the free throws look. And then Alex Caruso. He goes through, plays like five minutes, 10 minutes in the game, and then he closes the last six out because he's in their best five players. Again, I got roasted for saying this yesterday that I think he's yeah, better than a bunch of their guys on the bench and maybe better than Dennis Schroeder. And yeah, people, yeah, who do you know? You don't know basketball. You never watch the games. You just look at basketball reference. Cool. Um, but I, I want to watch what he does. Now, he's not a fantasy option, but I want to see just how good he is out there because in games that are going to be tight, you know, Crusoe might see his minutes bump up a little bit. For the Celtics, Kemba Walker, Second game alongside Jalen and Jason. So what's his usage look like? How's his efficiency look? What are his minutes like? They're going to be less than 30. And then Daniel Tice, who was in prime position last game. He started, got the starting nod over Thompson, and then got into some extreme foul trouble and barely played. So if he's not in foul trouble, is he a 20-minute starter? And then Thompson plays 15, and then Rob Williams plays 15 or 13 or whatever? Or is he a 28-minute starter and one of Thompson or Williams is out of the rotation completely? That's a big question mark for me. Next up, the Grizzlies and the Spurs. Remember the Grizzlies? Well, they're about to come back. The Kyle Anderson Bowl. Grayson Allen is out of this one, so who replaces his minutes? Because he's been playing well. Will D'Anthony Melton get back into the mix? Will it be Desmond Bain? 
That's a big question because Allen had been playing well. And then uh, Xavier Tillman. Always want to watch Xavier Tillman, who has leapt ahead of uh, Gorgie Jeng to be the backup center. But with Jonas Valanciunas out again, Tillman's going to get another crack at starting. He played 28 and 29 minutes in each of his last two games. So he is someone to watch here. For the Spurs, it's the White Walker combination, the uh, good old Game of Thrones throwback. Derek White. Maximum Derek. Maximum Derek should be returning in this game. I imagine it'll be off the bench and it'll be in a limited role. While Lonnie Walker, look, he's been bad all season. You know I don't rate him, and he's done absolutely nothing to change my opinion on that this season. And I think that eventually he will lose that starting spot to White, but you will see some minutes drop out of his game in this one as White makes his return. The Suns and the Mavericks, the Vince Carter Bowl. DeAndre Ayton, can he do anything? Can he? He's been good, and then he's been shithouse, and that's really tough to, yeah, to I guess, bank on or, or understand exactly why or when his minutes and his production is going to be as bad as it is. His rebounds are solid and that's fine. And then I'm going to look at Abdul Nadir, who's played some really good games off the bench for the Suns as a backup wing, especially lately with Devin Booker out. Booker's out again. So what can Nadir do? He played 25 minutes last game, 19 the game before that, 24 the game before that. Yeah, can he have any sort of impact in this game against the Mavs? For the Mavs, Joshy Richardson and Dorian Finney-Smith, two guys returning from their COVID absences who, yeah, probably more fringe 12 guys than anything else. What do they look like? I want to see whether Kristaps Porzingis actually plays. It is a back-to-back. He did um, sit out a back-to-back the other day, but he did play an earlier one, so I don't really understand the pattern there. That's not a great sign if you're playing and then they stop playing them, but we want to check on that as well. And then we go to the last game. The Pistons and the Warriors, the Zaza, Pachulia, Bold, Delon Wright, always a guy I want to focus on. <clears throat> is he 24-minute Delon Wright? Is he 30-minute Delon Wright? Is he 27-minute Delon Wright? The assists and steals, I think, will be relatively consistent, but it's the scoring and the playing time that's worth paying attention to. And then the Duke, Wayne Allington, just banging in your four, five, six threes a game, scoring well, not doing anything else, but because he's doing that so consistently, he does have 12-team value. And then for the Warriors, Blunty, James Wiseman. He was bad last game, just the 15 minutes. So is he the guy that played against the Wolves and dominated them off the bench? Or is he the guy that he's been in every other game where he struggled in majority of those minutes? Let's pay attention to him. And it is always about watching to see you know, who has got that upside on the waiver wire. And there's probably not many guys who do have a higher upside. But what's the percentage chance that he gets there this season? And then Draymond Green, who just can't do anything with his blocks. Uh, the shooting is way off. He's getting assists. He got nice steals last game. But can he actually be a useful enough player for a 12-team league? Look at some stream options. Uh, Gary Trent, Alexander Walker, Thad Young I really like as a stream, Rudy Gay, and then Andre Iguodala is another guy there who's been playing some good minutes, and especially if Jimmy Butler is out of this one, then you will see some more playmaking come through from Iguodala, which can be an interesting uh, interesting stream option. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give it a thumbs up on the video. Subscribe, hit the bell, the notifications, drop a comment. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.